Thanks for joining me today for episode 20 of the Northwest Fish Passage podcast. Northwest Fish Passage is a small strategic collaborative partnership of scientists, planners, and engineers based in Bellingham, Washington. Today, I'm here with April McEwen, River Restoration Program Manager from American Rivers. Thanks, April. Thanks, Annika. It's good to talk to you again about this. Um, I think it's been a couple years since I was on, so it's good to good to hear from you again. Yeah, so the last time that I had you on the podcast was exactly three years ago, and we focused our conversation on the Middle Fork Nooksack Dam removal. And to, to start with, I just wanted you to tell me a little bit about what continues to motivate you at American Rivers. Yeah, well, uh, the work, you know, it's it's really being able to see the results, um, actually remove dams, restore rivers, and, um, you know, see all the other benefits that comes with these with these type of projects. So I've been really, really invested in, in making sure that any um, infrastructure improvements associated with projects are, are sustainable and, and really thinking about climate. Uh, resiliency and and how how do projects you know not just benefit one thing um, like maybe just one fish species even though we we really care about uh, fish and endangered species but you know how can how can we um, create projects that really provide a lot more community and quality of life benefits and economic benefits so I've just I continue to be motivated by um, you know just getting really good projects completed and seeing the results of those. Um, and it's a long process, you know, it's not all about the, the yellow <laughs> machines, right. Out at the job site. Um, it takes a lot of work uh, leading up to that stage. So it's just those little wins are really exciting and see how, th seeing how things come together to make a project happen. Can you tell me about the barrel Springs dam removal? Yeah, so we recently completed that. Uh, we were a partner with Skagit County. Uh, we recently completed that project this past uh, late summer. And that it was a smaller project than what I'm typically involved in. Um, but but it was some in some ways more difficult to to complete because uh, it being a smaller project and and not having um, Chinook, at the site, but it did have stillhead and coho and a lot of salamanders and it was just part of a wetland complex. So um, really important little project in the Samish watershed. Um, so the project involved is on private land. It involved removing uh, about a 12 foot tall dam and restoring the river channel through that on a, on a springs, um, a natural spring. So Barrel Springs provides uh, it's a tributary to Dry Creek, which flows into Friday Creek in the in the barrels um, the Sandwich Watershed, and it provides um, summer base flow that's really important to maintain those species when when Dry Creek goes dry over the summer. And so it's the only it's the sole source of of water to Dry Creek um, during the summer months, and uh, just really important. Not not a lot of um, you know, miles of habitat, but just a really critical, uh, it really put a spotlight on how critical it is 
you know, specific places, even if it's not about, you know, the miles of habitat or the acres, but just what that resource provides a system. Um, so we were able to remove the dam, uh, restore the river channel. And then the second phase of the project, we still need funding to do, but that involves replacing uh, three culverts upstream to really restore habitat connectivity um, and hydrologic co connectivity to a, wet, a wetland complex upstream. Um, so just a really, a really cool project. Um, it's when we did the fish salvage, there was a lot of, like I said, we rescued a lot of salamanders that were utilizing the site. Um, it's amazing to see the little critters that were just hiding out there. And the dam was really close to the mouth of Barrel Springs. So it really disconnected that entire uh, resource for those animals. And it was cool to see, find all of those salamanders and, and um, um, fish downstream of the dam because, you know, in a year we'll be able to really see what's upstream of the previous dam site. And what is the importance of partners on this project? Oh, everything, you know, it's back to your first question. That's, it's another thing that really um, inspires me. It's just how much we can get done when we really tap into each other's strengths and um when we don't try to you know it's not ego driven you're not trying to do everything yourself you're aware of of the value you can bring and and you're trying to tap into the value of others um, whether it's other organizations and and their strengths or resources or it's people right it's individuals um, and the strengths they bring so, you know, Barrel Springs came about because uh, I was at River Restoration Northwest, uh, the symposium down at Scamadia that happens every year. And we were in a, I was in a field, a little field trip to a previous dam site. And I overheard someone at Skagit County saying, well, we have this little dam, but we're really, you know, we've never done dam removal. We're not really sure. And so I gave him my card and I was like, hey, you know, I do, I'm, I develop and manage dam removal projects, like hit me up and we'll talk about it. So that's how we first met. And um, I met Emily Duran at Skagit County um, that way. And and then we, we just honestly made it happen, uh, raised some, you know, I brought in some seed funding uh, to, to catalyze the project, initiate it, start some planning. Skagit County then put up some match. Um, and, and then they were also the project sponsor. So Emily did, um, I can't credit her enough. She did a lot of the, um, heavy lifting on the project. She, you know, really administered it well. Um, and we applied for a grant to ecology, secured that. And then I brought in a little bit more private foundation funding, funding to allow the actual dam removal, um, and then really, you know, Emily's a, a skilled, experienced project manager. So it was, you know, I didn't have to do too much. I was able to just, um, you know, help set up the scope of work and help with procurement and, you know, um, set up the funding strategy and just a little bit, you know, people that that might have experience in the construction industry or delivering projects, but they just aren't really sure how to do a dam removal project or, or, you know, how to address the challenges associated with that. They might just need a little bit. And so being able to come in and provide that and then watch them just um, really, really push it forward and succeed 
read. Um, it's it's just as good, if not, it's actually better than you know me doing all the all the work and doing it myself. So um, that was a really cool, just a really cool partnership. You know, on bigger projects, we have might have fifteen partners, but on this project, it really was um, Skagit County and, and America rivers. And then of course the support of our partners and, and also, you know, definitely positive support from, uh, tribes and, and WDFW and, and other entities like that, that, you know, at wanted the project to happen. So it's, it's just partnerships are everything and making these projects happen. What did you find was the biggest challenge in this particular project? Well, it really is overcoming that, um, you know, most projects I do have several endangered species and um, in Puget Sound, it's interesting down in Oregon, you know, all the, the spotlight and focus is on coho. Um, that's the the species, the list of species people really care about down there. Whereas in Puget Sound, you know, it's Chinook, um, salmon, and on this particular site, we didn't have Chinook, but we had stillhead, an endangered species, and we had uh, a lot of, we had coho utilize that system. So the Samish River uh, Basin really doesn't get a lot of attention or a lot of uh, dollars, if you will, towards restoration actions because it doesn't, you know, have the, the one species folks really care about. But you know, I really take a holistic view to ecosystem health and the the better off the other species are, the more we can support them and make sure they're thriving and, and healthy, um, the better off Chinook are going to be, right? And so um, it takes pressure off of other systems too, to make sure that a system like the Samish is, is providing um, habitat and resources for these animals. So that was a, that was a challenge. It was a real challenge. It wasn't that expensive of a project just like a little bit over a million dollars. Um, and just the dam removal and channel restoration part we just finished was under a half million dollars, under 500,000. So it's it, that was the biggest challenge. Um, sometimes it's harder to get funding or resources for a smaller project that's not quite as as sexy as some of the bigger challenging projects, if you will. So for monitoring, is there a program for the next five to 10 years? Yeah, every project doesn't necessarily have, um, it really, sometimes the length of the monitoring program will depend on the permit, um, how you're permitting your endangered, your ESA, uh, section seven. But this one, you know, we didn't have that, um, but the county is going to be uh, conducting surveys at the site and uh, I'm sure WDFW would will be interested as well. So um, there's not a, a big formal monitoring program. It's really difficult to to find uh, funding dedicated to long-term monitoring after the project is is completed. Um, so we'll see. I think you know they're going to keep uh, we're going to keep trying to find some funding to complete the rest of the project and and hopefully we can you know, secure some dedicated funding for monitoring through that as well. I'm also interested to hear about the Kellogg project that you've worked on. 
Yeah. So, you know, in the last two years, um, it's been really exciting to see the Nelson dam removal be completed on the, on the Natchez river. Um, I have played a minor role in that, uh, in that project during the planning phase, but, um, you know, the city of Yakima and all the partners and the tribes really, really did great work there, um, in pushing that project over the finish line. Um, so it's, it's really cool to see that project come be completed, um, this past summer, um, the final, dam removal phase was completed. And, and so that was great. Barrel Springs getting completed, but what I've been really working on, <laughs> um, and this is the work that people, you know, folks don't see it's, it's the behind the scenes. It's, um, it's not the big yellow machines, right? It's, it's really the strategizing and the planning, um, and the partnerships and, and developing those relationships that allows uh, a, a difficult, large, you know, complex project to happen. And Kellogg epitomizes all of those things. Um, it's down, it's about 15 minutes outside of the city of Portland, Oregon, in an urban environment. It's in the city center of Milwaukee, Oregon. Um, and it is no short, no, no small feat. It, it has a lot of complexity. Uh, the dam is actually the foundation. It's an old mill dam dating back to the 1800s, uh, the mid 1800s. And uh, basically when Milwaukee was first, you know, being developed and uh, they, ODOT built their, the state highway has been rebuilt a couple of times, but basically the 99 East state highway runs on top of the dam. So it's it's the dam that then is kind of connected with you know foundation culvert walls up to a state highway bridge uh and and then so removing the dam requires replacing a a, a major piece of um state transportation state highway system uh and then that dam creates about a 15 acre impoundment that has you know filled in with sediment over the years much of it uh, as you can imagine contaminated um, it has, it has some pretty decent levels of contamination in it and a good, it's a good amount of sediment. And then that's surrounded, you know, there's some private landowners and then the city owns some of the, uh, the land underneath the, what will become riparian vegetation. So, um, all of this, you know, like I said, in an urban environment, um, and we've really, it's been difficult because, you know, at the beginning, it was a lot of people for many, many years. Um, the previous city mayor, Gamba, who is now a state legislator, um, you know, really pushing for the project to happen. But it was really about pushing it under that fish passage lens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some some of the things you have to really do if you really want to make a complex project happen, you have to really come in and look at the business case. And it's about what. But what what are the barriers to this project succeeding and who do we need uh, to make it happen, right? In this case, you cannot do the project without having the Oregon Department of Transportation involved in replacing their infrastructure. Um, so that when I came in, you know, I was asked to, to come in and help. And that's the first thing I did. I, I started building that relationship and and really starting with why it would benefit um, the state of Oregon and, and the DOT to do that. Um, there's there's a lot of benefit to them and so you know some things just have to be spelled out a little bit or, or people you know if, if they're only hearing this benefits fish passage well then they might not 
think any any deeper about why it could benefit um, things that are part of their mission, right? Their organizational mission or agency mission. Um, so that's that's what I focus on at first, and then really developing the strategies, uh, working with the local North Clackamas Watersheds Council uh, to they secured the initial catalyst funding um, from RLF, and there was some congressionally directed spending. We worked with some legislators to just get that seed funding to initiate the project. And then um, I've just been really busy working on all the, the strategies, project management, um, plans and documents, if you will, and, you know, setting up that project framework, that collaborative project framework that will, it really will carry a project like this through completion. It allows a project to really weather the storms uh, that may pop up that you just really can't anticipate. It's, it's what, you know, we did, how we delivered Middle Fort Nooksack despite a, a global pandemic and, and other challenges. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm really excited. That's, you know, I think, I think figuring out a complex, you know, the project isn't, isn't close to construction, right? We have a few more years of planning. We just finished our play, our phase one, evaluating uh, feasibility and doing alternatives analysis. And then we're about to release a um, RFP for final design and permitting, and then hopefully going to construction in 2026 or 2027. Um, but it has a real hefty price tag, uh, over $50 million. And so it is going to be a challenge. But uh, we hope that, you know, again, putting together those real key critical ingredients um, that allow these complex projects to happen, it's it's a recipe, um, it's repeatable. You know, you, you frequently hear, oh, every dam removal is different and, um and that's true that every every project is different. It's on a different river, different characteristics of the dam or the socio-political um, climate or the setting. But the the real recipe for enabling a complex project with multiple elements, right? So big infrastructure elements, big challenges in the environmental area with contaminated sediment. What enables those projects to happen is consistent across projects, and so that's the that's the process and and um, that I come in and I try to apply to these projects to set them up for success. And what's another project that you're currently working on or excited to start working on? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's it's really important. It's it's hard. I'm I'm the only person in the Northwest our Northwest Dam Removal Program that I that I'm direct, but um it's hard to find the time, right? Sometimes it's easy to be opportunistic and and let folks call you and say, hey, we need your help on this dam removal. But I really wanted us to to be more strategic. And um there's a lot of dams uh, there's a lot of dams out there. There's a lot of just outdated infrastructure. And I think recasting it as you know, instead of just focusing on dam removal, it's like these projects really, the outcomes are so much more than what you're removing and it's really about what you're gaining, right? So um, a lot of them involved replacing just old, very harmful, impactful infrastructure that costs a lot of money to maintain and replacing it with a, a better modern and more sustainable alternative that um, really supports the resiliency of, of the system, not just the species, but also the community and that's benefiting from the from the resource and use of thereof. So 
we applied under uh, WDFW actually secured some funding for um, they're calling it the Whidbey Basin. It's like a port. It was a portfolio grant uh, that funded a lot of projects, projects happening on the ground and supporting a pipeline of projects behind. Um, we're still not under contract with with WDFW, but we were able to secure funding under that grant to evaluate the dams um, in the Snohomish and Stillaguamish watersheds and uh, really, you know, identify those, look at the feasibility and then of, of removing them um, or which one should be removed first, which ones would provide more benefit. And then taking it another step and um, and not just looking at like, like I said, at, um, environmental or ecological benefits, but really looking also at these social feasibility factors. Uh, so that's really cool because that's not something that that's typically done. Um, I, I steer away from calling from liking prioritization lists, right? Because really those are only prioritized projects that, you know, whoever's preparing the list cares about um, those benefits the most, but it, it really does, um, it does support, I think more, uh, a better planning, more informed planning and uh, more proactive approach to identifying the projects that are ready to go, identifying the ones that will provide the most benefit for the most things. So not just ecological benefits, but for the community, um, and and the economics of, of the setting, um, really prioritizing what the tribes want to see and what they care about, and what would benefit them the most and other disadvantaged communities. Um, and then looking at synergies with other projects on the ground. So, you know, in a lot of dam removal projects, we have to move sediment about where we're taking out, you know, either boulders or, or sediment that's been transported and stored behind the dam. So what projects like nearshore estuary, rebuilding um, floodplains, um, kind of restoring, you know, dams trap a lot of sediment behind them. And so during the project, as we come in and remove that sediment so we can restore that natural grade of the, of the channel slope back, how can we, uh, how can other projects that are trying to address um, limitations that the dam created, like losing all their sediment, right? How can we provide that back into the system through other projects uh, to create broader benefit? And also obviously there's there's cost benefit there as well. So um, I'm excited about diving into that. It's more of a planning project and um, hopefully we'll be hiring and getting some help on that. But uh, it is exciting to be able to just look a little bit longer term down uh, the future and not just focus on, hey, like, go, 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 let's set this project, this one project up to be completed. Um, it's exciting to look at a lot of projects, a lot of potential projects and, and sort of discern which ones are going to be um, the best. And then, you know, hopefully with that type of planning, then you have more secured funding to support those projects happening faster. And what are some of the other things that you're most hopeful about in upcoming years? Well, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of challenges right now in the world. And I think, I think, you know, all you can do is really, it's like, you have to be aware and think global, but really act, do what you can, you know, don't get overwhelmed. Um, it's really easy to get overwhelmed and, you know, there's days where for sure that happens to me. It's just like, well, what does this even matter? You know, um, to some people it can be like, well, you're removing dams. That's pretty big, but you know, in the grand scale of things, it's like, you know, it's hard not to 
ask yourself, like, how is this really affecting things? So I think what keeps me, you know, I'm just really excited about continuing to create the linkage between continuing to demonstrate for folks how um, removing, removing dams, restoring rivers is a mainstream improvement to how we manage our resources and how we support them and continue to provide for us. Um, creating not a symbiotic relationship we're, t- we're still taking, but how can we um, how can we use our resources more sustainably? So I get really excited about sustainable infrastructure. Um, how can we how can we make our projects more sustainable, you know, create less emissions. How can we we reuse and recycle uh, materials? How can we sequence our construction logistics to create less impact during the project? And then how, you know, through our choice of materials and other things, how can we really uh, make these projects um, have less impact on the environment and do more for the people in the community around them. So I, I'm just really excited about the infrastructure funding that, you know, was signed into the Infrastructure um, Investment and Jobs Act or the bipartisan infrastructure law that was signed into law by, by President Biden. It has really allowed um more attention and focus to be placed on infrastructure improvements, whereas previously it just seemed like, you know, people were only really, you got funding or people were really excited about dam removal because of the fish lens. And now I feel like this recent funding, you know, it's provided so much funding so quickly. I wish it was kind of spread out over a longer time span, but it really does allow us to advertise and to to sort of market and just identify, you know, the benefits that these projects provide in terms of of infrastructure and community sustainability and resiliency to, you know, the forecasted extreme events of the future. Um, So that's, that's really exciting to me. I feel like we're moving into a new frame of, of people understanding the benefits of these type of projects. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, April. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always enjoy talking about dams. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to end by expressing my deepest respect and gratitude to the many indigenous peoples and tribal nations in the Salish Sea region for their enduring care and protection of our shared lands and waterways. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review and tell a friend. Thank you so much and have a great day.